This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Bernie Williams, uh, your number 51, hangs permanently in Monument Park. Of course, a Yankees icon. I appreciate you joining us today to talk through something I know that's near and dear to your heart. To start us off, uh, you are back at Yankee Stadium on September 5th uh, with Beringer, Beringer Ingelheim. Uh, to celebrate the one-year anniversary of Tune Into Lung Health, I'd love to know uh, what's going on at the stadium to mark that anniversary. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be a great thing. Uh, I'm, I'm going to have the opportunity to play the national anthem with my guitar, have my little instrumental version of an, uh, a Star Spangled Banner, uh, and uh, all for a great cause, you know, just to raise awareness about interstitial lung disease, uh, which my dad uh, died in 2001 from idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis which is uh, the most, uh, one of the most common forms of uh, interstitial lung disease. So we uh, teamed up with Beringer Engelheim, as you said, uh, to uh, form Tune Into Lung Health, which is a website that uh, is, uh, is a program designed to uh, uh, utilize the power of music to raise awareness about interstitial lung disease. So thank you so much for letting me uh, put that in. Of course. Um, man, this, uh, this Yankee season, the season that you'll be watching next week is a uh, I don't know, Bernie. It's it's not what we expected. If if you could uh, if you could compare this season to a guitar solo, what would it sound like? Oh my God. Well, I'd say I mean there's no guitar solo that I can compare to this. Uh, <laughs> will be like a I don't know like a no show. Somebody breaking a string or something. <laughs> uh, well, not we the did, best. We did not very ideal. We did just get a piece of good news, though. I mean, they're they're going with the youth movement. So Jason Dominguez is coming up. Everson Pereira is already up. These are players who hopefully will be a big part of the Yankees' outfield of the future. They're debuting at the end of kind of a strange season, a, a strange period in the franchise's history. You debut in the outfield in 1991, kind of in a similar circumstance. What advice would you give to players who are making their Yankee debut, finally putting on the pinstripes at the end of what some would call a lost season, but it's so much more important to them. Well, I think in uh, in hindsight, you know, it was probably one of the best situations that I could ever have uh, because it, it allowed me the opportunity to grow uh, into the player that I became. Uh, just growing through, you know, going th- through some growing pains, uh, and and the team still have the the patience to let me struggle, you know, before I became the player that I became. Uh, There's a lot of people that grew up and uh, started playing in the years that we were very successful, where the expectations were really, really harsh. You know, they expected, you know, guys like Ricky Lede and Robinson Cano and all those guys to perform right from the get-go and without giving them a lot of time uh, to, uh, you know, acclimate and, and really feel like they belong in the big leagues. Uh, I mean, Ricky got traded and, uh, and Robinson had a very successful time, uh, but still it felt like, you know, there were not a lot of, it was not a lot of patience, you know, uh, you know, put in those, in those guys. Uh, I think that, uh, these, uh, you know, young players are going to have the opportunity to, uh, take a hold of their, uh, positions and, uh, you know, it's up for the taking now. Uh, like I felt in 91, you know, they gave me center field, you know, for me to lose. And I think a lot of these positions are going to be open for whoever wants it the most and whoever is able to uh, perform to their best of their abilities to, you know, be a mainstay in the in the, uh, in the lineup of the Yankees, which is uh, going to be a great thing for them. 
Now, they called Jason Dominguez the Martian, so I want to get you on this first. People are talking about maybe an area like the judges' chambers that's Area 51, you know, two center fielders, you and Jason. Would you be open to that collaboration? Of course, man. It's a, I think it's just a nice little game of words, and uh, I think it's always going to be incumbent upon them to, to perform. You know, once you're performing on the field and you're having a lot of fun and you're having a lot of success, all of that stuff that comes, you know, with it, you know, it comes, it falls right into it. Uh, but I think the main thing is just to take care of business on the field. This team has struggled in that respect. And, and I'd love to get your opinion on this. I mean, your Yankees locker room had a captain in Derek Jeter, who's a superstar who is, you know, on the front and back pages. Uh, but a lot of people gave Jorge Posada a lot of credit too, for sort of being the enforcer, like, next to the captain, or at least that's how a lot of us perceived that locker room. Aaron Judge, freshly minted captain this year, but I think some of us are looking at this team wondering, does he have that guy by his side with that killer instinct? Like, how does this, you know, does he, do you think he needs something like that? Do you think that perception is accurate? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't even uh, know if the perception of uh, Jorge Bita, the enforcer, uh, was completely accurate. I think, you know, I attribute a lot of the, uh, you know, uh, having a stable uh, clubhouse more to the fact that we surrounded ourselves with a lot of veterans, you know, guys like Wade Box and uh, Chili Davis and uh, Rock Reigns, you know, David Cohn, people that were like just about to be in the twilight of their career, but still had a, a lot left in their tank. Uh, and they were able to sort of stabilize that clubhouse in a way that, you know, Derek was the, you know, the front man, you know, the face of the franchise and the captain. Jorge was very passionate, and so was Paul O'Neill. Uh, but everybody ha was somewhere in between, you know, in that you know, sort of fashion of, of being very businesslike uh, on the field and showing emotion when it was granted to show emotion uh, and just be like a, you know, like a well-oiled, synchronized machine, man. Everybody knew their job. Everybody knew their role. And uh, we really bought into this uh, sort of team, uh, you know, uh, over the individual kind of attitude. And uh, that made us really successful. Andy Pettit just rejoined the team as a special advisor in some capacity. Obviously, you're coming back, you know, in a few days to you know play the anthem. Do you feel like these current Yankees are, are doing a pretty good job now of embracing your generation and figuring out a way to bridge that gap as they move? into another iteration of this current team. You know, a lot of turnover, probably a lot of roster turnover coming this offseason. Feels like as good a time as any to keep embracing your championship mentality. Well, I think every time you have an opportunity to maybe just uh, pick the brains of, of, you know, guys that were, you know, our teammates, you know, in the 90s. I mean, we had a really good run, and that left, a, left, left us with, uh, like, a really valuable experience pool of, uh, you know, ideas, memories, and uh, attitudes, and uh, uh, approaches that it really made us really successful. So I think it will be really uh, uh, kind of a no-brainer to try to get uh, more of these guys, you know, to, to be in the team and to be consultants and uh, just to uh, share some of that knowledge and some of those experiences because, uh, you know, the game changes, you know, from generation to generation. But the essence of the game, hopefully, is, is, is the same. You still have to pitch. You still have to hit. You still have to run the bases. Uh, you still have to, you know, perform on the field. And I think a lot of these mental approaches uh, to the game uh, that we had 
back in those days, you know, granted that is a different game, you know, uh, people nowadays, I mean, you get guys that maybe 60 or 70% of the pitching staff throws in the upper 90s, you know, and uh, you got guys that are stronger and faster. Uh, so, you know, the game has changed a little bit, but I think that the, the, the essence of the game, uh, the way that you approach it on a daily basis, uh, hasn't really changed that much. You know, you still need to be prepared. And I think we, as, a, as you know, that generation in the 90s ha had it down. We had it down, uh, had a down path, you know, pretty, pretty well. So I think it will be uh, really interesting. And I think, it, I mean, a lot of these guys will be more than willing to lend their expertise and, and show and contribute with their ideas, you know, to the benefit of the organization. Hey, there might be more guys throwing upper 90s now, but your generation had Rod Beck and you still took him deep to dead center to walk off an ALCS game. So, so don't, sell your, don't sell yourself short at hitting that 99-mile-an-hour cheddar. Oh, yeah, man. But, uh, yeah, I know uh, it is, uh, you know, you got to give these guys uh, credit. You know, the game, I think, in many ways, you know, with all the, uh, the advent of these uh, new rules and changes, you know, with the speed clock and, the, and the, you know, time constraints and the bases and the shift, no shift and all that stuff has sort of, you know, taken the game into a different direction. And uh, these guys have to adjust and that they have to make the best out of the opportunity uh, so, so they can be successful. So uh, every generation and every era has its uh, little, you know, uh, particular things that everybody has to deal with. Uh, so this, this generation is no different. Looking back on your career, uh, in, in the past few years, the tide has begun to turn a little bit in the Hall of Fame conversation. Uh, you know, people are, people are looking at you more. People are looking at Kenny Lofton, Jim Edmonds more. You know, center fielders from your generation are getting a lot of love. Have you let that change your perception of, are you thinking about the Hall of Fame a little more or is it still for you kind of like, hey, if it happens, it's great, but I know I had a fantastic career. Yeah, I think I'd go with the latter. I think, you know, I, I, if it happens, it's great and I will never uh, sort of downplay it. It will be an awesome honor. It will be a great thing, probably the greatest thing that would probably ever happen in my career. But with that said, I mean, it was a really crazy great time you know to spend you know with those guys in the 90s and uh, being part of uh, going into six you know world series and coming out with four championships and then you know the guys did it again in in, in 09 uh it was a great run and uh, i have so many great memories uh not only on the field but off the field and uh, uh being part of that 9 11 uh sort of uh movement to try to heal the nation I think, you know, so many great moments that we had as a team and as an organization uh, that from an individual basis, you know, being uh, in the Hall of Fame would just be the icing on the cake, but just a great, great <laughs> icing. Absolutely. Have you been back to Cooperstown a few times for your other teammates' inductions? Did you go for, for Derek and Mo or, or no? Yeah, yeah, I was able to go and uh, be actually a uh, participant in the, in the uh, ceremonies. I play the anthem in both ceremonies. And I got a chance to play, uh, take me out to the ball game uh, for, uh, I believe it was Mariano's induction, uh, which I did a little bit of uh, Enter the Sandman introduction before <laughs> playing, uh, you know, the uh, take me out to the ball game, which uh, to the delight of the 20,000 uh, fans that were there. You're just like me. I mean, I think playing Enter Sandman is the first thing I did when I got my guitar, too. I'm not, I'm like one three thousandth as good as you, but that's the first riff you play. You're like, I got to play it. Great riff, man. That's a great riff. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay, great. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta look that up. Um, well, you'll be back at Yankee Stadium again September fifth to play that anthem. 
on behalf of Beringer Ingelheim. Uh, again, we're, we're marking the, you know, one year into this journey. Before we go, just what is sort of the thing you're the proudest of that you've managed and been able to accomplish already through this partnership? Well, I think we have been able to reach a lot of people. I think that uh, uh, going through what I went through with my father and his disease and uh, getting him uh, properly diagnosed uh, and, uh, you know, having uh, uh, that experience, you know, would profoundly change my life and my family's life. I did not want anybody else to go through, you know, to go through what I went through and what we went through as a family. So uh, I think this is a great step trying to uh, raise awareness about these, uh, which, you know, kind of quote unquote rare diseases, but they're more common than people may think. And I think having the opportunity to educate uh, uh, the community, you know, as far as uh, interstitial lung diseases, you know, it's, it goes a great deal. Uh, there's a lot of people suffering from these type of diseases, and I think education is key. So, again, tune in to lunghealth.com uh, for people to come in and uh, uh, enjoy the, uh, the website, have a, a lot of great uh, material and content, you know, playlists of, of some of my favorite tunes, uh, vocaliza vocalization exercises uh, for people that may have trouble breathing, uh, and uh, just accounts from uh, patients and doctors and caretakers and uh, caregivers. And uh, uh, it's a really uh, well put uh, together uh, website. So tune into longhealth.com. Uh, and uh, thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about interstitial lung disease with you. Of course. Uh, thank you so much for all the hard work you've done, Bernie. Looking forward to seeing you at the stadium on September 5th. And then hopefully again, like you said, plenty of times in the years to come as the Yankees look to get back and recapture your dominance. We hope so. We hope so. All the best. All right. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.